Today we will discuss youth mental health in the LGBTQ community, including suicide risk, suicide warning signs, and the importance of psychoeducation in every community. Joining us today are Ayari Aguayo and Naomi Cannon, who are part of the Yes Institute organization, with a mission to prevent suicide and ensure the healthy development of all youth through powerful communication and education on gender and orientation. This is your host, Michelle, and you're listening to the Mindful Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Mindful Podcast. Today we have Ayari and Naomi, correct? Welcome. How are you ladies doing today? Good. Thanks for having us. Thank you for driving (laughs) in Florida. Um, I'm going to let you guys introduce yourself um, so I don't mess it up. Okay. Sure. So, hi, my name is Ayari Aguayo, and I am the Community Engagement Manager with Yes Institute. Hi, I'm Naomi Canning. I am a part of the advisory board at YES, and I am a proud mom of a transgender son. Nice. Well, welcome again. Thanks for thanks for allowing me to have this interview. Okay. Um, it's going to be a great conversation. <laughs> I would like to start by introducing your organization, the mm-hmm. YES Institute. What is the mission? Sure. So the mission is to prevent youth suicide by leading powerful dialogues on gender orientation and communication. And I know that's a mouthful. (laughs) It's a pretty amazing um, mission and vision that we have to create healthy individuals that live free of violence, suicide and discrimination. Um, But essentially how we do this is by leading trainings and presentations in every industry, particularly on the conversations and topics of gender and orientation. And by doing so, we provide adults in every sector um, to give their clients, their patients, their students new tools to be able to understand them and relate to them. Yeah. So that's part of what we do. I love it. Yeah. Um, When I was actually doing my master's degree, um, our professor made an extra credit um, assignment to go to one of your presentations. And that's how I, I got to know Yes Institute. And I loved it, of course. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you mentioned you guys deal with suicide. Mm-hmm. I know it's the second leading cause of death amongst youth, specifically mm-hmm. LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. How do you address that as an organization? Sure. So the way that we go into discussing youth suicide is through the lens of gender and orientation. What we found out after the pandemic is that for lesbian, gay, and bisexual youth in Florida specifically, one in four will attempt suicide. And nationwide for the trans and non-binary community, it's one in three, which is far higher than the national average. National average for heterosexual young people is less than 5% that attempt. So we know it's higher. And the reason we know it's higher is because of rejection and other factors as well as homelessness and a lack of understanding or awareness around gender and orientation, right? So one of the things that we do at our organization is if parents or families don't understand and simply have never understood what their child is going through, they call us. And first thing we do is we set up a family meeting just to get a better understanding of what they're going through. 
right? And we set up a family meeting with our staff, with people who have been there, who have the tools and knowledge to say, this is how we got through it. This is my coming out experience and what your child may be going through. And it really just lowers the anxiety. It helps everyone understand yeah. this isn't so scary and isn't so different. And that's what we do with the organization is we try to erase the us versus them dynamic. We leave room for mistakes and we ask vulnerably questions that may be scary to ask in a larger place. So Yeah, yeah. and that's very important because sometimes parents are can be lost mm -hmm. and they don't really know how to deal with this issue. I know, I'm sure you can relate, right? Yeah, for sure. My <laughs> my son came out when he was 11 um, as uh, trans and, you know, over the years, uh, unfortunately, he has suffered from suicidal ideations and had to deal with that over the years. And it's scary and you feel alone. And um, yes, has always been there for us um, to help with uh, education and support and other programs out there to help support him through those hard times. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine being 11 <laughs> and coming out and having that difficult um, conversation. And I'm sure the support of the Yes Institute was very important for you. And um, they're still very important to you. <laughs> now, suicide in a school setting, um, I see that a lot, right? I work at a school and it could be very in impactful and percentages are high more than people would think how do you provide resources or help uh, within the school community to the lgbtq plus community or in regards to suicide mm -hmm. no absolutely what yes institute does so incredibly well is that we partner with the public school systems as well as private faith-based every single school community um, to be able and provide training so we go in and we lead presentations so that the teachers, parents, administrators um, have a better understanding of what gender and orientation is at its foundation, what unconscious bias is, to help us be aware of maybe how we're speaking, what's in our classroom, what's in the space, the physical, the representation, and how to better relate to our students, right? So just being able to do that already changes the dynamic. And then, of course, when students ask for us to be in there, then we also come in. And it doesn't just, okay. you know, some after school clubs have asked us. We've been at mental health fairs. And that makes a difference because they know they're not alone. Yeah. You know, like Naomi said, that's one of the biggest things is to know as a parent, as a child, I'm not alone in this world and understanding who I am. Yeah, that you have that support. Mm -hmm. Very important. Do you yeah. see a difference after you go to those schools and provide that service? Do you get feedback from anybody? We do. I We have had teachers that have come up to us and said that they never understood what binary, non-binary meant. They didn't understand why their students had buttons that had pronouns. Yeah. And because they didn't know any different, they didn't know how to relate. And everyone gets scared. Not everyone, but a lot of the teachers got scared. I'm, I'm scared of making a mistake, mm -hmm. so therefore I won't try. And how that unfortunately occurs to some of our teenagers and young people is this person doesn't see me. Yeah, they don't get it. They don't, they don't get, get it. Me. They don't get me. Exactly. Mm. And you they're see very that. Personal. Very. It's oh my gosh, you're attacking me. Like, wait, no, it's not that. I'm not, I just really don't know how, just... to, how to address it. Exactly. <laughs> Please teach me. Exactly. And that's what yeah. we talk about with 
teachers. And as soon as we give them permission to get curious and ask questions, the walls come down. I didn't know I could ask is usually the first thing that we get asked. Okay, I don't know what this means. And we remind them, please ask them. I don't know what this means. Can you help me understand? And immediately, you know, I remember specifically a gym teacher in Broward County who is like, I, I'm just here to teach basketball. I don't understand. Like, can you help me? He's above my pay grade. This is like, like, I, don't, I don't why. I just want them to play and have fun. And, you know, yeah. so it's one of those like, okay, Okay, if you can just call them by this pronoun, I know it's difficult and just really understand and relate to gender differently. It's not us telling them, it's really enrolling on how does gender affect you? And that's what we do at Yes Institute. We don't come in to try and tell folks what to do. On the contrary, we remind them that gender impacts us all. So when the adults get that, when they understand how gender impacts them in their day-to-day life, Mm -hmm. they understand what their student is going through or their child. And all of a sudden it's different. Yeah, you know that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Enlightening. (laughs) Um, As a parent, how can we identify symptoms of high risk of suicide? So um, I think uh, one of the big things that I was able to identify is when I I can see when Ryan's having a harder time, Uh, he withdraws. uh, He it's almost like a in his face, you could see that he's just not there, you know, not there, not present, um, not not uh, socializing with his friends, just really withdrawing into life. And and that to me, when I start seeing those be those those behaviors, then it helps me to maybe put a little extra effort in, make sure he's seeing his doctors, making sure he's communicating and um, giving him resources to help get out of that that funk. Yeah. Does he usually um, express himself when he's feeling down or? I don't have that child that expresses them. So he, he pulls it inward. Uh-huh. And so I guess there's different types. You know, all yeah. kids have their own personality. Mine just goes inside and then I have to identify it and see it. He won't tell me how he's feeling, unfortunately. Yeah. I think it would be easier if he like flew off his the oh, handle and like exploded. At least exactly. I would know there's something going on. Yeah. Um, but no. I, okay, so yeah. it's very important for you to be able to recognize these, yeah. some, these signs. Yeah, watching yeah. almost sometimes too much, you know, that I'm watching every little nuance yeah. of his behaviors um, to make sure that he is in a good place. Yeah. And, There's a difference between a bad day and then being really down. Absolutely, yeah. So you have yeah. to. I mean, I'm sure at this point you're like an expert. <laughs> Listen, I tell him all the time, I can, I can read you better than you can read yourself. Exactly. I know what's going on before you know what's yeah. going on. So, oh yeah. God. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, when it comes to suicide, mm-hmm. um, do you agree that it correlates with bullying maybe in the school? Have you seen? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, over the years, Ryan's definitely been bullied um, and not understood. Um not seen for who he is, used the wrong pronouns. Um, so, and all of that um, is makes it harder to be who you are. And when that is, then you feel alone. And when you feel alone, you go, you withdraw, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's like almost a vicious circle, right? And we spiral down. And um, so, definitely, bullying and is a is a huge piece in um, youth suicide. Yeah. Do you see that amongst um, most of your cases that come to Yes Institute? We do. We see that with some of our youth um, that come in and are active in our Youth Advisory Leadership Council. They Mm -hmm. share all the time the stories of what happens with their schools um, when they're unable to use the restrooms or when they're scared to use the restrooms for their safety. 
So there's a the physical aspect of being treated differently. And then exactly like Naomi was saying, then you get into your head and um, it just from there spirals out. Yeah. And they're looking for support. They're looking for adults that are trusted. They're looking for administrators. They're looking for genuinely yeah. bathrooms, you know, spaces that are are spaces for them that where they yeah, can that just be, be safe. Free. Mm-hmm. What are some hidden struggles that kids may face that could lead um, to them being bullied, in your opinion, or what you've seen? From what I've seen, a hidden struggle yeah. includes them trying to figure out what to wear, them figuring out how to express themselves freely and bravely so that they can be their authentic selves without the whiplash of the community or their own peers okay. attacking them. Yeah. You know, it could be anything from dyeing their hair to changing their hair, um, from being effeminate, expressing themselves or more masculine. Yeah. And really, it's just, does it align with what the world says they're supposed to be? Mm -hmm. Um, And if it doesn't, that's where they get scared. Yeah. You know. What about in regards to your son? What are some... Hidden struggles are definitely pronouns and expression um, of himself. So, um, you know, in the early days when he, you know... Today he does pass. That means he looks the um, on the outside the gender that he he sees himself as. Um, but when he didn't, you know, when it was, you know, he had just come out at eleven and he looked like a little girl, you know. Yeah. So, um, and people use the wrong pronouns. He used to describe it as like somebody putting a knife in his back. Oh. They didn't see him, and even his, his dad and I, like, we didn't we didn't even understand. Like, even we used the wrong pronouns at the the, the even for the first yeah. two years before we changed his pronouns. So it's a hidden struggle. You think, oh, it's just a pronoun, right? What, what? But it is everything. Um, it's how they, they're seen by the outside world, that they're seen by the outside world the way that they feel inside. Um, but I definitely agree with hair, nails, clothing. I mean, all of those external pieces, um, it just it becomes a big struggle, whether it's the school accepting it, whether it's the parents you know, supporting those changes, um, whether it's your boy wanting to wear nail polish, right, or lipstick, right? It's all of that outside, um, per, you know, how people see you. Yeah. Um, I feel like now the painting the nail is more acceptable mm-hmm. <laughs> with uh, Bad Bunny and all the rappers doing yeah. it. But it, it, I get what you're saying. If it doesn't go with the norm of society mm-hmm. yeah. and they want to try to do something different, that it could be a uh, a definite struggle. It's a struggle for us in general. Mm-hmm. Try to do anything that goes against the norm. Um, exactly. It's the the basic human reaction, right? Society's going to go against you. So, mm-hmm. but even in the the workplace for the youth, oh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. There's rules. They get jobs, right? And boys aren't allowed to wear nail polish, and girls are, right? Or yeah. boys aren't allowed to have their hair below their collar. Mm-hmm. Like all of those things are things that we're seeing today, right? Mm-hmm. Every day in the workplace. For us, more adults, you know, we can, yeah. I guess, deal with it a little bit more. But with the youth, they don't see that. Like, why yeah. can I not, why can't I? My son just dealt with it, right? This week with nail polish on his yeah. on his nails after Halloween that his workplace asked him to remove it. But for the for the girls, they, they can wear nail polish. It yes. was very interesting. Um, so well, we grew up in a different generation, mm-hmm. right? Where we didn't really not that we didn't have a voice, but it was like very black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, they're growing in a different, yeah. different, different generation. So yeah. they don't, they don't get like the opposition from our generation. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> get mm-hmm. up to date, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I think that's, that's where the big gap is, you know, mm-hmm. just 
how we were all raised differently. Mm-hmm. And but eventually it's going to be they're going to be the majority. So mm-hmm. I feel like we're going to have to adapt. Right. <laughs> like live and let live. Get over it. <laughs> um, when it comes to bullying, um, 70% of all youth report having experienced bullying directly or indirectly. And I think you kind of went through this a little bit. But how does Yes Institute help within the community mm-hmm. and schools to address this issue? Sure. We actually lead a course and it is called a course called Bullying. And we go into the schools. We do this with PTAs, with any group that says these are the behaviors that we're experiencing. Right. And what we do is we also flip the script to better understand all aspects of it. So as to not make wrong a person who is showing the bullying behaviors. Okay. I'm just being a little careful with the words on purpose (laughs) um, because we don't want to demonize them either. Okay. And understand the multifacetedness of bullying in general, right? Mm -hmm. Someone who is receiving and giving, how can we make sure both have the tools and the support that they need? How can we break it down even deeper? Right. Yeah. A lot of people focus on on the kid being bullied, Mm -hmm. but the bully er, Mm -hmm. I'm sure has issues as well. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to address both, both ways, right? Yeah. That's amazing. How would All you address the bullier? Am I saying that right? The, bullier? <laughs> the person weird. that exhibits bullying behaviors? That's yeah. what we say, but that's a mouthful. Okay. So. <laughs> bullier sounds better. It's nice. Yeah, that's sweet, a shorter. <laughs> sweet and short. <laughs> um, so one of the things that we do is just really unpack like why, where it comes from and what's going on on a deeper level. But that's also where we rely on our counselors, our therapists to come in and partner and say, okay, what's happening? Okay. As well as the entire community because it takes a village. What are the parents seeing at home, exhibiting at home? What's happening in the schools? What is being exhibited there right Mm -hmm. so I know for many of our youth they experience both having bullied and been the bullier Mm -hmm. and usually what happens um, what I've seen at least in the community and for myself as well is being in the closet versus being out and being ourselves when being in the closet I'm bullying the person who is being their authentic self because they have what I want And I feel powerless. Projection, exactly. And then those, once they come out, experience it. So not always that way, but it's absolutely fascinating to have that. At least that's my personal experience. And I can say for a couple of my teenagers, that has been theirs. Yeah. Um, In my experience, sometimes when I get, um, not the severe bullying cases, but, you know, um, he called me this or she called Mm -hmm. me that. Once you sit them all down and do a peer mediation and you let them know how your words are hurting, the other person um the majority get it they they just kind of like say it loosely all these terms because it's funny and everybody thinks funny but once they realize or i make them realize it's not (laughs) funny um and they see that the other person is really affected by it um i'm glad to see that most of at least my kids um feel remorse and they feel bad and they change behaviors and sometimes even become friends and the support in the school. So I think psychoeducational materials Mm -hmm. um, and presentations like the ones you do are so important, Mm -hmm. especially in the school community. Um, But yes, it it starts at home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, education to parents too. (laughs) Call Yes Institute. Yeah, exactly. We provide mediation as well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And in the schools. <laughs> I, I also find after going through some of the classes um, that, yes, on gender, it's like putting negative connotation to, like, just slur, slurs, right? Yeah. And um, growing up, 
when I did, you know, saying things that you would like, oh, it's it's so gay, right? Yeah. Which, like, that's a negative connotation. Yeah, to I some... still say it sometimes. Right. It's, like, engraved mm-hmm. in us. And I have to correct myself, be like, no, that doesn't even mean what I'm trying to say. It's like a saying. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> but, but to yeah. somebody who is, right? Exactly. How do they feel? Yeah. Or don't throw like a girl. Yeah. Like how, how, I don't that, even like that, and I'm a girl. Right. <laughs> I'm like, what's what does weak have to do with women? Exactly. We give birth. Uh, we can take more than you guys. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand. Yeah, or just the <laughs> fact that people think that women are weak. Exactly. Just that. Does yeah. that? That's all part of like this gender. Like yeah. and um. And that's where I really, you know, I've been to a lot of the the, the trainings of yes, and that's really what I take that away. And um, or you sit in a restaurant and they come over and say, you know, girls or ladies, you know, like yeah. I'm a person, like it's, ladies it's, first. You know, it, it just sometimes like it's like not. It's just this negative connotation of yeah. gender in in either way. It just mm-hmm. is not necessary, and people yeah. feel that is bullying, right, when they're hearing it, yeah. and that's that they're sensitive mm-hmm. to those to those comments. Yeah. Do you feel um, this generation is a little bit more sensitive with those subjects just because they're more sensitive or because they're growing with a different mentality and mindset and knowledge of all of this? Yeah, I think it I don't think it's the sensitive, right, because then it's like we're 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 like saying, oh, you're weak, right? Because you find this annoying, but maybe they're like enlightening the world to love, right? And that, and acceptance, like that we maybe didn't have when we were younger, right? We didn't accept people. We did say these negative things, right? But I always say that Ryan made me a much better person Mm -hmm. because he opened my eyes to just that people are people. And I I was ignorant to that before, Mm -hmm. You know, I was always open, but I was yeah, ignorant. Or you open. thought you were open, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and, and then the, you had to live through it, and you're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, this is another level of openness." Right, yeah. exactly. Okay. So he made me such a better person by giving me an opportunity to experience mm-hmm. and to open and to love. So I think that they just love people better, or you know, or different than we did when we were younger. Definitely more acceptance. Mm-hmm. They have a lot more acceptance than our generation, mm-hmm. and. You could see that. Um, We talked about suicide. We talked about bullying and the programs that you offer to the schools. Now, I know um, teachers, administration, and staff in general, um, there's a lack of training just for them. Um, Do you agree, disagree, is there anything being done specifically to train people how to deal with the LGBTQ plus community and in regards to suicide and mm-hmm. bullying? You know, we definitely see that every time we go into the spaces, be it a classroom or um, the teacher planning day, we're asked to come in mm-hmm. and immediately hear, thank you for being here. We don't hear this enough. Um, or thank you for sharing these tools and resources because they're lacking. Yeah. Right. So parents, um, I think it was a couple of weeks ago for Mental Health Awareness, International Mental Health Awareness Day, the parents stayed after um, the, the fair that was at a middle school. Okay. And they immediately started to ask more and more questions because they had no clue. They just wanted to help their, their child. If they're going through this or coming out this way, what does it mean? How can I support them? Yeah. Right. So there is a lack of awareness and there's also a thirst. 
to want the knowledge. Okay. So we're seeing both. I, my heart also goes out to the teachers and the school community in general because of everything that is going on every single day, right? Like yeah. just the things that have to be on your plate, the things that you have mm-hmm. to be aware of at all times. Yes. So how can you be present to everything? And by the way, is this important to what's going on? You're trying to teach science, but make sure that the school is yeah. safe for your student, you know? Exactly. So, well, they usually end up in my office. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse yeah. me, um, this student just mentioned suicide. Right. Just leave him right there. Yeah. <laughs> so, suicide risk assessment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I feel there's definitely a, a lack of training. I think this, the schools are um, doing a little bit more. I do find it, you know, when we have the meetings as counselors or ESC, like it, there's a lot more mentioning about it. I know the uh, Miami-Dade Public School has a, a whole department um, for the LGBTQ+, mm-hmm. um, I do charter, so it's different, but mm-hmm. um, I definitely try to address it. Um, so I'm happy, and, and I hope that there's more um, information to come and more trainings. And, you know, you said there's a lot of thirst. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping one day we can combine thirst <laughs> with the need, and yeah. then we wouldn't have to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> Same. On to the next point. <laughs> um what are some of the effective treatments that you've seen that have helped the the youth with suicide or depression for that matter? Quite honestly, what helps youth with what treatments help the youth with the suicide? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember specifically I had a counselor call from an academy, a high school down South Miami, and she called the office with the student in her office. The door was closed and she said, OK, the student is here and identifies as bisexual, queer, is scared of everything going on and shared with us what happened, was about to be kicked out, just came out, parents super Catholic and Latina. And I thought, wow, what a day for me to receive this call. Okay, this was meant to happen. (laughs) So I immediately sat her down, you know, even though it's on the phone, I could hear her and just, hey, can you take a couple of deep breaths? And once we both got present, I shared about who I was, my story. She cried a little bit because all of a sudden it's, I'm not alone There's someone here who's twice my age, who's been there before and survived. There's someone here who has been there, who understands what I'm going through and is thriving. So be able to see ourselves living and existing Mm -hmm. and being whole authentic human beings is one of the best ways to see ourselves as alive. Yeah. I agree. And yeah. I'm sure your story is amazing no, <laughs> as well. No, thank you. And no, you that's are who we thriving, are. <laughs> by the way. Well, thank you. I just want to um, put that out there. You are thriving. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. Um, what about in your experience? What are some of the techniques or therapy um, so, theories um, that have worked? Definitely therapy mm-hmm. um, and acceptance. So I've seen a lot of kids come through my home over the years that just couldn't be themselves at um, their homes, right? Whether they had to lie and not be their authentic self or whether their parents kicked them out. I've had kids sleeping in our guest room that have been thrown out, no money, you know, no insurance, no nothing. And they're just like trying to figure out their, you know, figure it out. So I think that, um, that accepting your kids for the youth, for who they are, is the number one thing you can do for suicide prevention. And, you know, then from there, getting them the support that they need, right? The therapist, the medicines, the whatever else that Mm -hmm. they need. But just seeing your youth for who they are and accepting them, um, number one thing you can do. Yeah. I believe that marks a big difference in the suicide 
risk percentage if your parents accept you or not. Um, and I believe I told that to one of my parents. Um, same scenario, like religion was in the middle. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to say that. I was like, well, I'm sorry to be blunt, but the percentage is higher right. for suicide mm-hmm. when parents don't accept their kids. So I'm not here to tell you what to believe or not, but, you know. We've had that happen. You're the parent. <laughs> no, we've had, we've yeah. been on the phone calls with some of our parents and said, do you want a dead daughter or a son, that, a son that's alive? Right. Yeah. It just comes down to that. It, so, it sounds strong, but someone's ha- someone has to say it. And, and I've seen. They yes. get it. Yeah. yeah. Or they it's don't. And that's really the sad side. Yeah. I mean, because I've been on so many conversations that they, they don't just, get it. And it's like you just you just want to give that child like the biggest hug and like what can I do for you because that other side like when they get that it's when they get it amazing right and like we another family is saved right but when they don't is the is the sadder part yeah yeah so for those cases that they don't what are some resources that you guys provide for the youth so then what we do for the youth is immediately we go into survival mode in terms of what do they need? Do they need housing? And we go into mm-hmm. shelter and we give them re- referrals to where they can go. Um, Pride Lines has an amazing shelter and they also have a shower there okay. so that you can go to Miami Bridge as well and SunServe in Broward County. So those are the top three. Okay. But of course, there are more nationwide. The Trevor Project is a suicide prevention org yeah. for youth of the Pride community. So Anywhere that you contact and reach out to, they're able to provide at least some sort of housing, for instance. Okay. But it does come down to what is the need right now. Okay. So, and you guys can help mm-hmm. um, the youth coordinate that? or We do. We facilitate that. Okay. Awesome. We provide them numbers. We have partners there. We have persons and folks that we work with that we say, here, call this person. And then I usually call them after, <laughs> did you get this person's name? This, you know, 16-year-old that called? And that happened a couple of months ago. Like, okay, great. Okay. And we're all working for them. Okay. You know, that's what we're here for. Perfect. Well, if you're listening (laughs) and you need the extra help, please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, How how can we help as a community or how can a person help within the community to help lower suicide risk or bullying? So first thing I'll say is the ways that we can help in our community to lower suicide is using pronouns as best as we can. It lowers suicide risk by over 70 percent. 70 percent. Yeah. Wow. Which is major. That's that is major. So when a young person comes up to you and says today I am going by he him. Great. I'm going to possibly make a mistake because this is new for me and I'm going to try and I'm just going to do it. He him and I'll practice a couple of times or okay. I don't understand they them in Spanish. I'm going to try a couple of times. So let me just figure this out. Okay, that makes all the difference. And I know Naomi, you were saying that too with Ryan. Yeah, yeah, because it's how you can feel seen. Exactly. Pronouns that that's the number one, especially at the beginning, right? That's the number one thing as a parent you can do for your child is to respect their pronouns and their name, right? So when they do choose a new name or if they do, respecting that. And um, I can say early on we didn't. You know, it took us a while to accept that it wasn't attention-seeking, right, behavior and that he really was trans and because of our ignorance of what that looked like, right? So no, you don't present that way or I don't think you are. But what would have been the big deal if we would have just respected his wishes early and then he changed his mind? 
don't our kids change their mind, right? Yeah. People are like, well, what if they're not? What if they are, right? Yeah. So if you just respect their pronouns early when they ask for it, and then if it's not what it ends up being, it can change again. So um, yeah. just respect that. It's it's a big piece. It's just showing the support mm-hmm. from the beginning. Absolutely. Regardless of your idea. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard as I'm a parent too. Um, I'm not going through that experience, but I can only imagine, um, like we mentioned, society has put this restraints on, on tagging and mm-hmm. the way we refer to people um, that it, it could be difficult. And I applaud you. Because <laughs> you've been going through this for for years now. Yeah. How old is he now? He's eighteen. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, so he's an adult. He's an adult. For, <laughs> that's what he thinks he officially, is. Officially, <laughs> but not to you, right? No. He's, <laughs> he's still, still my baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Yeah. Um, this has been a wonderful conversation. I want to close out with allowing you to give. A last message to any of our listeners, any important details about this matter, this subject, or gender gender identity? Put you on the spot. (laughs) Um, What I would say is I would speak to a parent. Um, uh, If you, you know, if your child comes out, accept them, love them, because uh, they're still the same person. And um, support them, get the resources you need, educate yourself. Um, and just love your child. So that's what I would say to a parent that has a child yeah. that is trans. Nice. Lovely. And I guess my message would be more for anyone in the school administration or therapy, medical, mental, whomever comes to you and says who they are, just hear them, accept them, and relate to them how they want to be related to. Mm-hmm. That's it. Sounds so simple. It does sound simple. (laughs) But it's not. (laughs) Proven by statistics. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much. Um, I love this conversation. Thanks again for coming. Thank you guys for listening. You can catch us every week. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to our channel. Thank you. Thank you.